0: Hey everyone, my name is Eric Arno, and welcome to the very first episode of Your Stories Online. This is the home for all the stuff we can't fit in the live episode for one reason or another, which means that everyone listening to this who doesn't live in Chicago can submit their own stories for consideration here. Uh, this time we've got two really good ones to kick off our online adventure, both from veteran storytellers who you've heard on the live show before. Uh, they are expounding on this month's theme of new beginnings. First, From South Africa, forensic accountant John Lester talks about the new beginning of coming out. Then, Sean Boyle talks about some recent changes to his worldview in a letter to his hypothetical child. Uh, We're really excited to share these stories with you guys, and we hope you like these online-only episodes. So if you want to submit a story to Your Stories Online, email an audio file, preferably an mp3, of about five minutes or less to yourstoriesonline at gmail.com. We'll go through all the submissions each month and pick a handful for next month's episode. Our theme for next month, by the way, is fan fiction, so if that makes you think of something you want to share, email me your story by March 15th for consideration. Again, the address is yourstoriesonline at gmail.com. Uh, the next Nerd sketch show will take place on Sunday, March 3rd at the Public House Theatre, 3914 North Clark Street in Chicago. The show kicks off at 7pm, and we are calling it The March of Madness. Uh, It's going to be a really fun, cool time, so check it out if you're in the area and would like to see some sweet sketch comedy. Alright thanks guys, now on with the submissions. My time was running
1: wild. In new beginnings. Um, so, new beginnings, uh, it's not just something that you have this one time refresh on your life. Uh, to me, new beginnings are something that you can do a um, hundred times. Same thing every time, but it always feels new. Uh, for me, that is uh, when I come out to somebody. Uh, it's a new beginning in that relationship with that person. Uh, you know, I'm never 100% sure how someone's going to react. Um, it may completely change the relationship that I have with them. And it may start a new and better relationship with them. So in my life, um, I've come out to many people. i um, come out to my best friends from childhood. I've come out to my parents um, and my family. Uh, I've come out to my friends on my favorite message board. But one of the more memorable ones for me, um, one of my most memorable new beginnings, was when I came out to my college roommates. My college roommates were the first set of people I came out to who I hadn't known my entire life. Uh, we had been—I had known most of them for about two years at that point. And with my friends who I'd known for a really long time, you know, I was very confident that it would be good. Like it would—they'd known me for so long. Really, they couldn't get rid of me because they'd be bored um, without me. But with my college roommates, uh, I hadn't known them that long, and really, I I was really quite worried. We lived in, you know, a four-bedroom apartment, and it could have made them so incredibly uncomfortable that you know I was asked to leave the apartment. So the way that I came out to them was, um, of course, the most natural thing in the world. It was me walking into the kitchen with uh, Eric Garneau and uh, our roommate Josh standing there having a conversation while Josh ate a banana suggestively at my face. And I said, Josh, what if one of us really was gay? And no, he's like, he just kept eating his banana. And I was like, well, I'm gay. And poor Eric. um, Unfortunately, I had spent most of our time together and I continue to. Messing with him, telling him things, and then just uh, seeing how far I can go with it before he'll finally figure out that I'm screwing with him. But in this case, the one thing that seemed the most far-fetched to him was the absolute truth. And Eric refused to believe me. He thought I was messing with him, of course, and told me that he was going to go watch Batman and Robin, a true couple that he knew had questionable sexuality. But after the initial disbelief and at least half an hour of me trying to convince them that I was not screwing with them, uh, including a call to my best friend Craig, who I'd come out to before, a couple of weeks before, and having him verify the situation, they absolutely accepted me. And I feel like that was a really important moment for me because it was a moment when I learned that I could learn to trust people who I hadn't known forever and that Um, there would be people in my life who would be new. And, uh, you know, as I went through college and came out to all my college friends, and I've come out to colleagues and to new friends I've made outside of college, um, I, I think back on that experience and think about how, even after having convinced them for so long, how incredibly well that entire experience went for me and how great that friendship is for me. Um, I know I can trust people, and then I know that all of my new beginnings, while they may not all be great, will at least be good. Thanks.
2: Hi, Avery. For the last year, I have been obsessed with my mortality, due in large to the responsibilities of parenthood drastically escalating the stakes of a potential early death, or as the kids say, YOLO. Thankfully, this has inspired immediate actions, such as adopting a whole-grain, plant-based, vegan diet, cutting back on booze, and exercising. So I covered all my bases, but I still don't feel better about my future. And I wonder if I fear something scarier than death. I believe the real fear that lurks in the shadows of my subconscious might just be, what if I die alone? The fact that I was more afraid of death than loneliness is a sincere display of my arrogance. Cause what if this short life is really just a party and I just stop getting invited? And here are some reasons why. I only laugh out loud when I'm alone. I have one boring and very stiff dance move. I don't camp. I survive the wilderness. I don't watch reality TV unless it is about science. I will never sing karaoke. I wouldn't stand up in a close friend's wedding because, and I quote, I'm not one of those people. I bring up death in almost every conversation I have. I say, if you don't mind, after asking a very rude and invasive question. I watch cinematic art, not movies. I protest capitalism by not watching the Super Bowl. I don't wish upon a shooting star. I map deep space objects. I can't even talk about my marriage without mentioning the hypocrisy of putting an emotion into a binding contract. I take life too seriously and am going to die alone unless I can take this stick out of my ass and stop holding every human being I encounter to some psychotic pretentious standard that only exists so that I can continue to qualify my own insecure self-worth. I don't want my attitude to interfere with the joys of your childhood. And I don't want you to ever look at me and think, I don't want to be like him when I grow up. So I'm going to try harder to just relax, have fun, and enjoy being your parent. Because for as long as I'm alive, I hope I'm invited to your party.
0: The Nerdalogs present Your Stories is sponsored by the Chicago sketch comedy troupe The Nerdalogs, and is recorded the third Sunday of every month at the Public House Theater, 3914 North Clark Street in Chicago. The stories you heard have been prepared and presented by the speakers on a volunteer basis. Special thanks to Sean Patrick Boyle for his help with recording. Our theme song comes from the band State shirt. For more information on The Nerdalogs, Your Stories, and everything else, go to www.nerdalogs.com.